Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Belmont Banter. And today I'm very pleased to say that we've got Jason Ellis with us. Now, Jason's had a long career in football as a player and as a manager and as a coach. But today I think we're going to primarily concentrate on Jason as the player. So, Jace, when did you very first uh, get interested in football? How old were you? I think it goes back to um, when I was around about six, seven year old. What happened was I was always heavily keen on kicking a football around and and just playing in the, in the street, playing with one of the mates. And so my dad was always looking for options to where can I start? And, it, and in, in our days, it was quite difficult because kids yeah. football at, in my age, my age time was um, was quite limited. So what happened was my dad joined uh, my brother up to the, um, the Cub Scouts and the reason being in there because they they done football tournaments between other cubs and cub groups and all that. I did that um, as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so bizarrely, what happened was my dad lied about my age, oh. um, so he could get me in as well. So at the age, of, so at the age of sort of six, um, I was playing sort of under sevens, like under seven football and, and eight football. Um, in tournaments for the Cub Scouts. So, and that was really the start of my journey in football, really. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, how did you progress from the, the, the sort of Scouts football then? What did you move into I, next? Yeah, I think what happened was um, we just played there for a couple of years. And then when, it got, when I got to the correct age, I think it was eight, my dad joined me with a club called Real 60 in Chatham, Medway. And... And I just played through the years there till I got to around about 15. So, and we was quite successful. And, 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 and that's probably where I learned my trade, really, in football. Yeah, because there was no academies then, were there? No, there wasn't academies and it wasn't no small-sided games then either. And it was like, when you're playing under eights, under nines football, you're still playing on 11-a-side pitches. So all it was was the goals were made a little bit smaller, but nothing great. So... It wasn't, it wasn't uh, as easy as what it was, the distances to cover. And, and not sort of all the bigger boys sort of got better and the smaller boys sort of at that age group sort of um, didn't get really involved. And, but I was quite fortunate to be quite a big lad and, and progress quite quickly. And then through when I got to 15, well, 13, 14, Gillingham, Buster Collins come and spoke to my dad and asked him if I would like to go on um, school by forms for Gillingham Football Club. So... It's what that's what I did, and then from 14 onwards, I was obviously playing still Sundays, you was allowed to do that, but obviously playing for Gillingham and training <coughs> at Gillingham Tuesday and Thursday evenings. And uh, what sort of um, what sort of time was that? You were what 14, 15? Yeah, I was 14, 15 when I signed um, Blue Forms for Gillingham, and and when I got to 15, 16, um, I was quite fortunate that at 16 year old, I was offered a pro contract at 16. Because I, I, I had loads of offers to go other clubs when my blue forms uh, run out at, at 16. So I think they were quite ready for me to, to make a commitment to Gillingham Football Club. 
and because they made that commitment to me, I thought I owed my loyalty um, to them and, and, and signed the pro contract. Looking back, should I have done it? Not sure, um, because there was big clubs that I could have gone to. But I can't complain. I was looked after. And, and when I was 16, I made my first pro, pro um, debut against Fulham in the FA Cup so, and, and scored, which was quite a nice feeling. Wow. So I, I do, though, I owe, I, owe them a, I owe them a lot to um, get me going in my football career. Oh, I should think so, too. Against Fulham, wow, what a debut. Yeah, it was. Um, I think I played in, saying that was the first game, but on, on the Tuesday before, we played Brighton. And I think saying that, that going back, remembering, that was my debut. Brighton, sorry, again, on the Tuesday evening. And then on the Saturday was the FA Cup. So, yes, yeah, so I, um, I was quite early into my career when I, when I made my first team debut. What a week that was for you. It was. It was a proud week for me and my family. Um, my dad, my granddad and everyone, my brothers, my mum, especially my mum and dad. Um, I owe a lot to them. Uh, they followed me around everywhere. I mean, they took me. I mean, when I was involved with England schools and, and McKen and I, they just travelled everywhere with me. In fact, what they did, they bought a, um, like a camper van so they could, so they, we could drive around and, and, and um, see me play in the morning and go and watch my brother in the afternoon play. And so they were very committed to, um, to for us develop as footballers. And so I owe, I owe them so much from what I've done. That's a familiar story, actually, with uh, our sort of earlier age groups where you've got the commitment, but you haven't got the facilities. Uh, and it's, it's the journey time, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to go, well, as you say, away to Brighton or anywhere and they want to watch the game, it's a big commitment for them. Exactly. And my dad was playing as well at the time. So he had to, on a Saturday, obviously they like their social on a Saturday evening, my mum and dad's getting up on a Sunday morning, taking me to distances, like you said, all the way around the southeast of England. Yeah. And on a Saturday morning when I had like Kent schools, Medway boys playing for them, travelling around. So it, it, it was quite a commitment for them, especially training on a Tuesday, Thursday. So to fit me into their busy schedules and working schedules was um, is, is quite unbelievable how they did it. So you're on pro forms at 16 and you stayed at Gillingham, obviously, for quite a while. Yeah, well, I left there. Um, I, I left there in 1989. Keith Peake, uh, what it was, I, I, I had a couple of offers come to the end of my contract and me and the manager at the time, we weren't seeing eye to eye. Keith Birkinshaw come in. We weren't seeing eye to eye. Um, his direction of football, he didn't think I fitted into that, which is fine. That happens in football. And then what happened was I went to Finland. Um, I went to sign for a team in Finland, um, which was great. And I had played in a European Cup qualifier for the team in Finland, which was another experience. And then Keith Peacock went to Queen's Park Rangers. And then coming to the end of short, because it was only a short contract in Finland because they, they play in our summers. I went to Queen's Park Rangers with Keith. So I followed him because I thought I owed loyalty to him because he took me in as a pro. Um, and I had um, eight months at Queen's Park Rangers before Keith went and took the Mason United job. So with that, again, me being a loyal person and I think I look after the people who look after me, even though it was a drop and they were coming to the league from non-league, I felt it was an opportunity for me to start my career again mm -hmm. and, and move forward. And, and I went and signed for Mason United um, with Keith again. And I was there from the start. Uh, the first game to the last game, unfortunately, when they folded. Wow. That was a, some exciting times, though, wasn't it? 
Yeah, they were exciting times. I think they had their ups and ups and downs. You don't in football, you you always all the time you're playing and you're um, and you're in the team and things are going well. It's a great career. It's great, but in our day there was not big squads like there is now, and um, there was only sort of two subs on the bench, not five. So you you was either in the team in the squad or not. If you weren't in the team on a Saturday, you knew you was running on a Friday and a Saturday morning. So they weren't nice times. But yeah, in general, I could say. Um, 85, 90% of my time, I had a, I had a, good, I had a good time. Now, you said that you scored uh, on your debut in the FA Cup. What position did you play? I played centre-forward um, that day, which was good. So, yeah, I, I can remember it. It was a cross from the far post. I, I out-jumped Leroy Rossini and, um, and I headed it in. And then I set up the second goal as well for um, Howard Pritchard to score. So, um, it, was a good, it was a good FA Cup debut for me. That was fantastic. And as often happens, as your career progresses, did you end up moving deep, playing deeper, or did you stay as a centre forward? I think what happened was, as um, time got on, we I started playing um, left side of midfield. I, even though I was predominantly right footed, I used to, my the tactic was that could I come in on my right foot? Could I go and join in on the play? And predominantly could I sit on the fullback for crosses in the box to go and meet to score goals so it was more of a tactical thing than more than what a good position it was for me so but I scored I scored a lot of goals from that area so they kept me there for a while yeah because that switch you often see a left-sided player go and play on the right and the right and the left and people say why has he done that but if you look at the the dynamics of the two players that they're opposing the right foot and the left foot come into play don't they of course, yeah, exactly. And what it was, we had a great, we had a great forward line. Really, there was Steve Butler, there was Mark Gorman, myself, and Kenny Charlery. Um, so the four of us were in the side. So Kenny would play sort of right side. I'd play left side. Mark Gall, Steve Butler would play up front. So it was more like a, a four, four centre forwards playing up front in a very attacking team. Um, but we're doing obviously we had to do the defensive duties as well. So the idea was I can come in my right foot, go and play into the forwards, set back, go and play out. So, and and I think it was quite modern at the time that that um, it was forward thinking from um, Keith to do that for me. So it, it was quite a good, um, it was quite a good philosophy to play, especially with like an attacking team we had, and and we got to the playoffs that year. Just going to ask you a question that's related to your later career in management and coaching. When you've experienced a situation like that, where you're a player, as you perceive it, playing out of position, now when you're looking at a player, do you then explain to him why he's playing out of position? Yeah, of course. And I think what, what happens now is players are more, more um, switched on to be able to play in different positions because I just think naturally their understanding is a lot better than what ours was in our day. Yeah. I think maybe that's because of all these computer games they play on or the different philosophies and different ideas they've seen on the TVs and different new modern coaches come through. Yeah. I think they're more adaptable to it than what we was. Yeah, uh, and then obviously TV plays a big part with the games, doesn't it? They sit and watch all the, all the games. Exactly, and I mean, when you see some <clears> of these young coaches coming through, these, these modern-day coaches, I mean, they come in with no fear. They come in with bright ideas, and they and they're not pressured not to try anything. So, so they, they have a go at it, and if it works, it works. If it don't, they try again. Um, mm. And I like that. Um, but in our day, it was very much scheduled. It was very much robotic. This is what it is. This is what we do. And I think Keith sort of broke the mold a little bit with that. Um, in my eyes, 
that he just sort of thought about how could he get the best out of his players and he might not be in their best positions. No, that's right, because it was always 4-4-2, wasn't it? I mean, it was just crazy. Exactly. Um, and that was a lot of and that was a lot of teams played that. It was matching up, right, you'd be better than me on the day. But yeah, there were good times. And it, like I said, it was it was hard to start with, but once you get involved in it and you're doing well and all the time you're doing well, it, it works and you're happy. So yeah, it's true. So if you think it's great. And then when uh, the situation at uh, Maystone unfolded, how did you how did you move on then? Well, what it was, unfortunately, obviously, um, the club did fold after years of trying to keep the club together. I mean, as a as a playing group, for the last sort of eight nine months, we weren't getting paid at all. Um, so we um, so we were playing for nothing. And then Clive Walker took over. He was um, obviously managing come in um he was Graham Carr's assistant at the time but Graham left uh but Clive took it on um and he took us forward and and to be fair um that was a big learning curve for me in it and it was like a wake-up call that sometimes I wouldn't like to say I want every player to go through what we went through but sometimes you don't realize how lucky you are in doing the job you're doing when when things are tough because everyone got together and he said look you don't have to come in to train boys. You can just come in, turn up on a Saturday because I'm not paying you. But as a group, we all sat around. We said, look, no, we're, we're coming. We're in every day. We're going to train. Right, we'll have our Wednesdays off at normal. And we and we done really well. I mean, we really survived. And that was and, and you and you close it or your teammates get closer. And and we really, really dug in together as a group. And and you can turn around and say that um, you become closer friends off the pitch than you do on as well uh, because you rely on each other and everyone pulled together so that, that was probably a time in my life where I'll go do you know what that's when I really understood that being wanting to be a professional footballer was something for me. The thing that keeps coming up each time I do one of these is mates and commitment and bonding and the dressing room. Absolutely uh, obviously once I moved on from um uh, from Maidstone, I actually come out of the league. Um, I went to Sittingbourne. Mm-hmm. When when we was coming to the end of our contracts, the club, the the leagues hadn't really finished, so we couldn't go anywhere. So clubs weren't sort of looking for you yet, even though we could have gone on trial, we could have done this. But Sittingbourne, John Ryan come in. He said, "Look, why don't you just come and sign for me?" Um, there was five or six ex pros that were playing, and they was a forward thinking club at the time. Um, can you come and come and sign for me? And Yes, I did. I went and signed for them and I was there. We, we had a couple of promotions we've done. Um, it was quite a successful time. And then it was quite a funny story, really, that we was travelling away to a team in, in the Midlands. Um, it so come to a minute. You were in the um, Southern League at the time then? No, I was in the Southern League at the time. <clears throat> Southern yeah. Premier. Southern, Southern Premier it was then. I think um, it wasn't Forest Green, it was something, something there. So he was playing with a team up there. he will come back to me in a minute. And um, I get a phone call on the bus on the way up. And it's um, Paul Taylor, who used to be assistant manager at um, Gillingham with Keith Peacock. And he turned around and said to me, oh, I hear you're playing. Um, it was a team near Cannock. Here, come to me soon. And um, we want you to come and sign for Walsall. Wow. I went, right, OK. I went, great. <clears throat> And he said, could you get across today and, and come and speak to us? I went, well, how can I do that? And um, I thought, right, I've never, ever done this before. But obviously getting back into pro football was something that 
was obviously my dream and that's all I ever knew. So what happened was there was, God rest his soul now, there was a, a chairman called uh, one of our committees, Brian Empteach. I was, I was, he, he was like a confidant to me. And I spoke to him, I said to him, look, and he said, look, you've got to get across there, mate. You've got to somehow get across there. So what he said was, he went up to the manager. To, we, I didn't even know he said that. He said, did you know, they called me Lil then. They went, Lil's just been sick on the coach up, up in the toilet. He's not feeling well. And he, and he went, well, oh, okay. He said, so we need to get the boys to the front of the coach to keep them away from him before. So Brian went, oh, boys, to the front of the sort of coach, get away from sort of Lil. And I'm so, and he came and said to me, he said, I just told the manager that you're sick and you're, and you're really pal. I went, all right. He said, because I need to get you across to Walsall. I went, oh, you've killed me. Wow. So, and it, so what happened was, so the manager went, what's that? I said, like, I'm, not, Gaff, I'm not feeling very well. He said, okay, you better stay on the bus then. So I went, okay, I'll stay on the bus. So unbeknown to me, the, Brian Emptridge booked me a taxi from, from the coach to the Walsall, wow. went and done my deal, got back, sat on the coach and went home. And on the Monday, Walsall phoned um, Sittingbourne and said, look, we'd like to sign him. And they let me go for free. Wow. So on a Tuesday. Oh, and that, for, that, that happened. What a story. What a story. God, yeah. that is amazing. Well done. Yeah. So the timing must have just worked out perfect. Exactly. And, and the funny and the bizarre thing was, Walsall were playing Gillingham at the time as well. Oh, oh dear. So I, I, was hide, I was hiding away from people I knew. Yeah. And I was I, just talking to the, the, the directors and chairman about my new contract, what was going to be on the table on Monday. So what about Walsall? Did you live up there then? You had to, surely. Yes, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, lived, um, I lived up there for um, just over two years. Lovely club. Um, it was probably the best family club that I've ever been involved in. Again, talking about support for my family, every home game, uh, my dad and my brother used to drive up and watch, and they knew that uh, my mum and, uh, and my dad, my brother, were travelling the distance, so they put them in a box every week, they meal, free bar, and everything like that for them, oh, um, and really looked after them, um, because they travelled up. Um, every away game, my brother and a couple of my, my mates went to um, the away games, which was quite interesting. Just for people who are not aware of the distance, how far is it from Chatham to Walsall then? Um, so it's the Midlands, so it's um, in just the other side of Birmingham. So, so you're talking about two and a half, two and a half hour, three hour journey. Oh, blimey. So it's 250, 300 miles then, round trip. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness me. So mum and dad really, really pushed the bucket then, didn't they? Yeah, and my brother. Yeah, my brother never missed. My brother never missed. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. That's what you call family, and it's family, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And like I said, that's why I can't speak highly enough of them. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So two years at Warsaw, which must have been exciting times for you. Yes, it was. Um, it was good. Played under a great manager, Kenny Hibbert, um, who was a great player himself. Very uh, player-led, always looking after his players. Yeah, and it was a great time. Uh, we didn't win no promotions. We won a, a Midland Senior Cup against Birmingham and things like that. But it was, um, yeah, it was a great experience for me. Oh, that's fantastic. What sort of age were you then, Joyce? Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. So when I was around about Walsall, I was probably around 24. Five, around about 24, 25. Peak time, really, for a footballer. Yes, it was. Yeah, I wasn't um, going in my best shape because I'm playing in non-league and then coming out of there. So it took me a bit of time to get back into shape. 
Um, and then, yeah, then I pushed on. Now you've experienced it. And obviously this full-time training makes a difference. If you was to judge two people together and you saw them sort of like maybe doing some dogging, running up and down, warming up, do you think you could tell straight away who'd had pro training and who hadn't? No, I think it's, I think that's a hard one, Tony, because I only judge players in games because I know some, some players in training were, were not very good. They just, training wasn't for them. They, they just got by. But when it comes to a match day at three o'clock or they, they was a different person. So, and then it can work the other way. Some people are great in training, but when it comes to the game base, they fall short. So I only ever look at players when I see them play really and just look at their character. Yeah. So the next step after Walsall was, where, where did you go next? Yeah. So what happened mm. was um, Kenny Hibbett left and um, there, was a, there was a bit of tour mile in the club. And oh, to be fair, I wanted to get closer to home. Uh, my family, uh, my kids and things like that. So it was it was going, so it's time for me really to come back south. So what happened was um, there was a guy called Tommy Taylor who was assistant manager of Maisley United with Keith. He was assistant manager at Cambridge United who we were in the second division then. And he asked me what I was up to. And I said, look, obviously I want to get closer to home or I want to travel from home. And he said, look, we're interested in, in signing and coming down and having a chat with us. So... I went down and met Tommy and Gary Johnson was the manager then. And I went training for the day. And afterwards, he said, yeah, I want you to sign. Um, we need to get it done quickly because I want you to play for me on Saturday away at Leighton Orient. And that's how quick that happened as well. So there wow. was no... One thing I never did, Tony, I was so engrossed in wanting to play football, money never really come into it. So, yes, I earned a decent living out of it. But I probably now could have got a lot more money if I pushed it. Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a, it wasn't about that all I needed was enough for me and my family to live on and yeah. survive comfortably so so when I was doing my deals I didn't have no agents I didn't have no it was just me is what I was happy with yeah. and I think that's why my turnaround and how quick I moved clubs was was like because I didn't haggle it was yeah okay I'm doing it as long as they could look after me I was fine listening to your story so far you've played for some decent managers haven't you I have yeah I have I've been very lucky um and then obviously playing became coming out of there. That's when I started getting my injuries um, and, and my knees and my groin. And and it started going downhill from the end of the Cambridge. Um, so I ended up going out alone to Dover and things like that, where I wasn't quite fit. My knees weren't right. I was having injections to play. And, um, and really Cambridge was my last sort of pro club, really. And then I was forced to retire um, and just... And come out of pro game. But you've uh, you've had a great career, to be honest. I mean, from a young lad kicking a ball in, in the garden and then play where you played, you know, and the teams you played against as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I played against some great players um, and played in some great. I don't think there was a ground in the country that I never played in. Obviously, there was there's new ones now around, so I wouldn't yeah. have played in them. But in them days, um, yeah, I've had some great experiences playing against. Um, some great players, meeting some great people, lifelong friends in football. And then, obviously, managers and coaches that I learned a lot of. Yeah, because the thing is, as well, with it, whatever level you're at, if you're in the pro game, with the cups around, you could be drawn against anybody. So you could easily get end up playing against Manchester United or anyone, couldn't you? Well, yeah. Yeah, we played against some really big clubs um, um, in the FA Cup. Um, Obviously, when I was at Queensbury, we played Newcastle away, um, which was which was great. Um, Leicester away, 
Um, we've played, obviously, we had Sheffield Wednesday when they were in a premiership then. We had um, Oxford United when I was in, they were going, they were flying at the they time. They were, weren't they? Um, yeah, they were. Um, I'd love to have played against my club, with West Ham, but and that never happened. Um, I played in friendlies against them, but not in a competitive game, um, which have been great. But yeah, I've, I've, I've been fortunate to, um, to, to play. And the thing is with me, Tony, like my sons, they don't really know what I've, what I've done because I never discuss it. Do you know what? You've just hit on the one thing why this has been so popular. Every time it goes out, I get a, get a phone call or a text from someone saying, thanks, Tom, for do, doing this. My family have found out a bit more about me. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And that story I told you about the coach, that's probably is only my closest friends know about that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, it's nice. It's a nice outlet, isn't it? I mean, this all started in lockdown as a way of keeping people involved with football, and it's just progressed from there. But I'm, yeah. I'm very, very pleased with the way it's gone. It's, it's had some great people on, you included, you know, it's great. Well, I'll tell you what, we're, uh, we're virtually there as far as your playing career is concerned. So when, was you, when did you literally hang your boots up? Where were you at the time? Well, so what happened was it got to a stage where... Um... I, I ended up playing for Chatham Towns, playing for um, Ashford, for under Neil Cugley and people like that who wanted me to play for them. And they were great experiences for me, going back and playing there. And 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 it was a it was quite a wake-up call, um, going back, playing in them. But I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the environment. I enjoyed the socialising. I enjoyed everything around it. And so what happened was um, it led into sort of my my managing career really I went and played for Maidstone United when they were playing they was out of the league yeah um and then we went there and had a couple of games and then I went to watch a couple um and that was it and then obviously then that led on to my my uh, managing career when I when I was at Maidstone now during this period now did you have a, a job outside football yeah so what happened was um like everyone when i come out of football i bought, I bought two pubs <laughs> <laughs> um, um and run one myself and, man, and got a manager in the other but unfortunately that that wasn't a life for me even though i enjoyed it it wasn't a life for me um then come out of it and then what i did i, I went and worked on the docks with my dad all right yeah um, my dad was a docker um, and my brother and my, my family, it was a family thing, and worked on the docks um, and then and then played non-league. Yeah. Um, it's funny you should say about pub. I had one for eight years. It's not a job for everybody, is it? No, it's not. And and it was it was just something that I wanted, I thought I could do. I had high hopes of having a football team in there. And I think it was just like living living in like a like a, a dream, really, without, yeah, yeah, yeah. without knowing the reality of what, what it was going to be like. Okay, shall we? Uh, we should. Shall we finish up there and then start talking about your management career? Because I, I think you've got a story to tell about that too, haven't you? I'm sure I have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, ladies and gents, uh, we're 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 pause here, but uh, join us for part two uh, when I'm talking to Jason Lillis about his management career. Cheers, Jason. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is FibreTech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry, specialising in optical fibre provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter, for news about local football in Kent and beyond.
I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers. <laughs>